Welcome to the first annual Shrimp and Crits Day! the first shrimp and crits day as de- as decreed by the president technically it's the second because it's an anniversary of the day we started so the first one would be the first one you're a baby sorry <laughs> she's making her debut baby is making her debut as the fifth member mm. at least they're happy noises she's like the fifth beetle <laughs> the baby actually does all our editing that was an expressive opening. I mean, hey, you gotta celebrate. How are you guys feeling? It's We're one year into this thing. I can't believe it. I quit. <laughs> Did I sound sad? You I sounded sound yeah. sad. You sounded very ari about it. Lots of, lots of things have happened in a year. Let's look back. We had a baby. We had a baby. We had a baby. We had a pandemic. Well, this started because of the pandemic. That was, that was, that was already there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of grits. Can you hear Ryan just smacking? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm really focused on Ryan smacking. <laughs> I'm not currently eating. Well, what is that sound? It's like somebody put peanut butter in your lips yeah. <laughs> to make it look like you're talking. Oh, oh yeah, I am. I, 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 I am getting rid of some stuff. I am getting rid of some stuff up in there. <laughs> not currently Sounds eating. like it. <laughs> That's disgusting. Well, now I'm going to eat one. Do it. Let's hear it. That's the crunchiest ravioli you've oh, yeah. ever heard. First on the docket for Shrimp and Crits Day, oh, yeah. Ryan eats the crunchiest ravioli <laughs> in the world. I was in the school of thinking that raviolis were a soft food. <laughs> Typically. What are you, Italian? I have a weakness and it's Louisa's toasted That's disgusting. beef and ch- cheese raviolis. God. God. That's disgusting. A beef and cheese ravioli. <laughs> that is just the most American thing I've ever heard. Breaded in just the the goodest of good. How did you cook them to make them so crunchy? In, in the air fryer for too long. Oh. Does it say that on the package? Cook it in the air fryer for too long. <laughs> or does it say boil it for three to five minutes? <laughs> like every other two. package of ravioli. <laughs> They're breaded ravioli. Okay, hold on. (laughs) I know you've had a breaded ravioli. I don't think it's a ravioli at that point. I think it's like a Hot Pocket. Moving on. (laughs) Moving right along here. We have a big announcement, something we've been working on for a little while. We were initially planning on doing this for our 10,000 downloads mark, but you, our listeners, got us there so much quicker than we thought, so... We are very, very gracious and grateful for everybody who listens to this show. And first of all, I want to thank you folks. It's giveaway time. It's giveaway time. I hate that. It's giveaway time. (laughs) With headphones on. I hate it. It's like uh, enveloping me in your velvety voice. Cap is literally licking the microphone. (laughs) He's just licking it. It really needs to lay off the the wet mouth spray (laughs) but seriously it feels so good to be sitting here at the one year mark and we feel very lucky that so many fine fantastic folks tune into our show so thank you and listen to our annoying voices we know how much everybody wants to vacation in the beautiful sunny golden coast of gullicochica but since you can't do that because it is (laughs) fictional you can now lie about doing that by sending your friends greetings from gullicochica postcards ian why don't you tell us a little more about these postcards? They are gorgeous. The the uh, I feel like we're doing fucking mm-hmm. like a QVC. <laughs> they are gorgeous, uh, featuring art from the fantastic Davin Gerber, who you may have seen do a lot of our fan art uh, that we posted on Instagram. Who is also immortalized in character in our show as Detective Gerber. Exactly. Um, so we had him design a Gullicochica, one of those traditional touristy postcards. It's just packed full of Easter eggs from the show. You can see the LaRue Wildlife Retreat. 
You can see the disc washed up on shore. There's so many cool Easter eggs on this postcard. It is fantastic. Uh, We'll obviously post it on Twitter uh, along with this episode, so you can go check that out. Tell me, what is your favorite Easter egg on this postcard? Um, I really like the beanstalk coming up out of Tate's Hill. Yeah, I I really like the beanstalk as well. I didn't expect that one at all. There's the little nod to Ray Ray that I very much enjoy. That's my favorite because no one will be able to find it. But when you do... Tweet at us. You're challenging them. Let us know all the Easter eggs when you find them. Yeah. That can can be fun. I'm still looking. Uh, So, Katie, do you want to tell us what the prizes, the complete list of prizes you'll win if you happen to be chosen for this giveaway? Yes. All right. So if you win, you win... (laughs) Am I too far away? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what you'll win. <laughs> Katie playing the newest fake fake creature. <laughs> Hello. I've been speaking in a British accent all day. Don't Why? ask. Why? <laughs> Why? <Hold on. laughs> Do you have another podcast? <laughs> yes. Alone with my child. What is happening? Are you trying to prank your child into speaking with an English I accent? Read, I, read, <laughs> I read to her in an English accent <laughs> to practice my voices. <laughs> Oh, it's fine. Okay. Why don't you do one? (laughs) There's no British people in Golagochica. There could have been. Tell them what they'll win, for Christ's sake. All right, you'll win. (laughs) You'll win an 11 by 17 Golagochica postcard poster. So a big old version of that postcard that Davin made for us. And it will be signed. I just thought about how horrible everyone's handwriting is. Rude as fuck. I have immaculate handwriting. I have great. Everyone else's It'll- is horrible. And it's a signature. How bad can you do it? I'm just going to read this. I'm going to try that again. Five blank Golokochika po- po- postcards. <laughs> postcards. So you can write your friends from Sunny Golokochika. An in character postcard written to you from your favorite Shrimp and Crits character. And that the baby is crying. And Shrimp and Crits <laughs> stickers and pins. <laughs> You can enter by coming and hanging out with us on our channel in the Cast Junkie Discord server. Uh, anyone who's posted is automatically qualified, and we hang out there all the time. So just come hang out anyway. Uh, also, you just retweet the giveaway post, but you have to follow us to qualify. And if you wanted to post this image on Instagram, that would be sweet. Also, can't tell you enough you have to follow us to qualify job you can also post a picture of your shrimp and crits merch on instagram or twitter with the hashtag shrimp and crits or you can do it on cast junkie as well or just email it to us either way just let us uh let us see how fantastic you look in our stuff and we're going to be posting an image with all these rules and all the prizes as well as a picture of the postcard on our twitter and instagram and anywhere else we can get people to see it indeedly do indeedly do indeedly do there's a big old crocodile in front of this thing it's pretty cool y'all all right hold on this is going down what Oh, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God damn. Please. How many of those reveals do you have? A bandolier? Oh. He, has, he has an infinite amount of crunchy reveals. I have three left. I'm sad about it. We'll announce the winner on our episode that comes out August 23rd. So you have uh, two weeks and some change to get that to get those entries in. So do it now. And oh yeah, and we'll give you an entry for each of the four ways. If you if you do all four, you get four possible entries. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. No, I bet you're wondering why we all called you here today. Q and A number two, electric boogaloo. That's what this says. That is what I named the document because it's in honor of Shrimp and Crits Day, <laughs> as decreed by the president and the thunder gods outside. Thor himself. What I've curated for you tonight is a wonderful list of questions from our listeners and friends on Twitter. I've got a few pages here, so we'll see what we can get through. But I want to thank Mr. Ray, Scredley the Ogre, Jaguar, Ray Lionheart, Caffeine Now, Percy, 
Serendipity Artist, and Trials of the Apocalypse. They were all kind enough to send some questions into us. Into us. So I have a multi-layered question here that may be more for Ian, but a little bit for all of us, of what has been your inspiration for the title, the campaign slash the arcs, the characters, and the NPCs? in Shrimp and Crits in Golikotchika. Um, I mean, yeah, I've said it before that this setting is very much based off of a place that my grandparents lived and my cousins lived when I was younger uh, called Apalachicola, Florida. It's exactly where Golikotchika is said to be. There's St. George Island there that takes the place of little, of, uh, of St. Anne Island, and all of the neighborhoods and different areas in Golikotchika are based off of real life locations and it fit very well into the title shrimp and crits which is a name that i have been hoarding on social medias for a long time waiting for the perfect opportunity to use and when ian and ryan came to me with this i knew it was a match made in heaven do you guys have any inspirations for your player characters i know as as far as like my characters i pretty much name like everyone that's mostly everyone that's affiliated with Ray. Peg specifically is kind of based on my sister. I didn't know that. That's very sweet. I didn't yeah. know that either. My, my sister very much like, you know, yeah, you know, the single mom life, all that stuff. And my big sister kind of like more or less helped, you know, raise me. Yeah. And uh, Rooster is actually based on, I mean, y'all know Mulliken. Yes, it's, every it's, listener knows Mulliken. The audience does not know. Well, you guys know Mulliken, but yeah, I mean, Mulliken was the best man at my wedding. Yeah, Rooster is very much based on, like, the idea of him, like, where I plug in, you know, the hip, the video games downstairs. Me and Mulliken both have, like, an old school game system set up in our house, like, in an entire room. Yeah, he's kind of the the best friend role was kind of plugged in with him in mind. Do you have any inspirations for Sarah for Sarah? Um, we were actually watching rewatching Lost when we started this podcast. <laughs> it was the first thing we rewatched once we closed for the pandemic quarantine. Once we closed for quarantine, so I knew I wanted to play like a cop like character. Um, and what is her name, Ryan? The character's name. Oh, she's the worst. It's Anna Lucia. Yeah, but she's like the worst. Anna Lucia. She's like she's not the the best character in Lost. But I was influenced by her kind of stubbornness and annoyingness and well, she's still kind of badass, but she makes some big mistakes. Hmm. Gab, why don't you tell us the inspiration for Ari? Ari was inspired by an amalgamation of three fictional characters that I enjoy. It is Fox Mulder, because the original idea was Katie and I doing a sort of Mulder and Scully situation for our characters, but then we branched out. Oh, I remember that now. And the protagonist from the Amazon series Patriot, he is wonderful. If you haven't seen Patriot on Amazon, it is a it is a very fun watch. And the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. And Ignis is just one of my favorite cryptids. I really like Ignis Fatis, Fool's Light. Will of the Wisps and things like that are very cool, and I wanted to be partners with one and solve mysteries. Tight. Thanks for letting me do that, Ian. I had one more, uh, which is an NPC inspiration, which Ian was so generous with because uh, Claude screaming mm. was actually literally. I mean, I think we've tackled we tackled this in the episode he was in very like briefly, but. Uh, I literally woke up from a dream that I had that was Claude screaming, literally just walking down an alleyway, and this little demon tries to attack me, but he's really weak and just sounds kind of like Smeagol, and I just kind of punch him. And uh, we have like a little scrap, and I'm just making fun of him the whole time because he's very—he's just a little guy, and it's, you know, I, I wasn't scared at all. And uh, it was just funny because I—I woke up and I just thought about it so much that I messaged the group. I was like, "Guys, I don't—I had just this strange dream, and I just wanted to tell you all about him because I feel like this could be a character we could use at some point." And so, with our Christmas episode, Ian decides to surprise me and let me relive that dream it was really fun can i ask you about one of the npcs ian sure what inspired you to make barb 
<laughs> Barb, I actually stole from the general manager of, of the restaurant where I work. Uh, he had this character, this bit he would do where he was Barb, the river maid, who was like a reverse mermaid, who was like a catfish from the waist up. <laughs> and he would talk in sort of a similar voice to what I use. And it always made me laugh. And I was like, I'm going to steal that and put it on my podcast. And he was like, sure, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask if they knew. Yeah, he knows. Totally. That's very cool. For everyone, what was your favorite monster slash opponent so far, either to face or for your fearless keeper to play? Oh, man. I, I mean, I really enjoyed the vampire war. That was just fun. Yeah. That was a really cool moment and uh, very un unexpected on our part. I mean, I think my favorite monster for Ian to play is the Devil of Tate's Hell. Does that count? Absolutely. Mine's a pretty hard split at, I mean, I just mentioned Claude, mm -hmm. but also, obviously, Genevieve it was a pretty heavy Ray Ray experience that I enjoyed a lot. And also the most I've ever been hurt in a game. <laughs> I was hurt. I was so hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite monster to play was probably Genevieve just because she was so ruthless and so dangerous also a little bit of recency bias there but but no I really enjoyed that if you ask me like what I think one of the other questions is what's maybe we can transition into it what's your favorite arc I think Tallahassee was my favorite arc just because it was so mm -hmm. there was so much going on and it was so fun and chaotic to run I had no idea what you guys were gonna do on a daily basis so that was a lot of there were so many different factions in that one. I like that question. Which episode or arc was your favorite so far? And I mean, the wild arc really came out of nowhere. It was just because of me saying I needed to go arrest that giant that we went to the wild and we got we got a lot of cool moments out of that whole arc, including yeah. the big cloud fight, which kind of changed a lot of things for the team in general. It's yeah, still one of my favorite moments. It's one of my favorite moments because I think it was like one of the most in-character moments we've ever had, that argument. I think my favorite arc, I, I think I would agree with Ian, my favorite arc would be Tallahassee, just because I had no fucking idea what was going to happen next. Neither did I. <laughs> not that I not that I have typically have an idea of what's happening, but that was that was the one that I was like, okay, what what the fuck are we doing in Tallahassee and what's what's going to come after this. And My favorite I, I thought episode. you were, yeah, I was about to say. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I thought you would say that your favorite arc slash episode would be the Devil of Tate's Hell episode. You talk about that one quite a bit. Oh, my favorite episode is, de yeah, I mean, it's not quite an arc because it's just the one episode, but um, my favorite episode is Moments of Brilliance and Glory just because it was, it was the most confident I've ever gone into a RPG session before as a as a gm it was very fun and very scary and i feel like i landed the punches there then let me ask you this other question we have on the list what was the hardest mystery to prep for that one is a toss-up probably between tallahassee and the wild arc because the wild arc was so such uncharted territory in terms of like the wild is very important to ari you know or you know cap and and cap's character going into this podcast i know i knew very little about the feywild and what that's supposed to be and so i just wanted to make it uniquely our own but also have it be satisfying for cap because it's means so much to his character so that was that was really tough to prep uh but also tallahassee because there was just again so many different factions moving all at once behind the shadows most all of these arcs are I would say a little bit different in theme in the places we are and how we're handling the situation. And you make music for all of the villains and all of the places. And this question wants to know, what is your process for composing those themes? I usually start with the melody and I think about the character and how that character could be voiced with instruments. So like I have, I have logic, which gives me a lot of different sounds to play with, which is awesome. So I'm able to, you know, think about, you know, like, for example, Claude, Claude screaming the Nightmare Imps theme is like menacing, but also silly and playful in a way. The way the the synth I used, like kind of um, repeats and and has a percussive element to it. 
I try to like establish leap motifs that 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 uh, hint towards connections, and also focus on the instruments and how they could reflect the personalities of the character that they're backing. You said you find the voice of a character with music, and you do that with Ignis specifically. Oh yeah, yeah, literally with the uh, if you're if you have Logic at home. Ignis is the synthesizer called Chimera Bells. You sent me like six to choose from. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. I have them all saved still. All the prototype Ignises. Yeah. Ryan, do you want to add anything? Because I know you sent me Ray Ray's theme and also the theme song um, that I've, I've played with both and, ch- and changed them a little bit. Um, and I also, I try to use lines from your solo in, your the- in the Ray Ray theme song to branch out into your other Luru wildlife retreat characters. Um, but yeah, what is your process when you're coming up with the theme for a character? Typically mine kind of just like hits me a bit. Like that's, that's kind of how I write music in general. I will literally like with the theme song, like when I wrote, you know, the rhythm of the intro, you had just told us, you know, the, ba- the basic concept and where everything takes place. And, you know, the basic feel, and I kind of just thought about that feel. Yeah. <laughs> that, I don't want that to sound like cheesy or anything, but that's got, you know, that's... Sure. That's kind of what I, and I just kind of like thought, like, you know, put my myself in a... With, with Ray's theme specifically, I put myself kind of in Ray, but thinking more on like the action side of things. When we need a theme song for Ray what would Ray be thinking in the middle of a fight or in the middle of action? And that's just kind of what came out. What I really appreciated about Ray's theme is someone in our discord group mentioned that they recognize some of the lines, some of the melodies from the theme song in Sarah's theme song. And so I really appreciated that Ray Ray's theme song kind of did the same. And that like, you know, the um, the the rhythm track in your theme is just yeah. sort of like a sped up version of the theme song chords, which is really cool. It has a little bit more drive, a little bit more intensity. Yeah, which that that was another like intention with uh, Ray's theme specifically, because I I feel like out of everyone, I consider the intro, you know, the Gullicochica theme. Yeah. And Ray is the closest to home. He's the most Gullicochka of the bunch, that's for sure. So I wanted to keep it kind of on those lines. Ryan, do you want to talk about Ray Ray's dad? Someone asked who Ray Ray's dad is. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a very easy answer. Might be easy and disappointing, and I don't know. I I don't write the story. I mean, Ian Ian writes the story and can always do, you know, whatever he wants with whatever, but I've I've always kind of specified that Ray Ray's dad doesn't matter to me. Like it's he it's not even something he thinks about, you know, he just he knows Loretta, he knows Peg, that's those are the the you know, the women that help raise him and you know, he it's just not a very important thing to me. Not for any personal reasons. I don't know if that's something I need to get into. It's like yeah. I have a dad. <laughs> right, right. Just, you know, I in making the character Ray Ray, it's just kinda that's something I didn't put in there and even like really think about putting in there yeah your mother and i are very proud of you (laughs) (laughs) yeah we will not be having any darth vader moments with ari (laughs) it's not fucking ari (laughs) i can't stress enough though he might be my dad i'm just kidding Oh, I'm muted. What? No, you're not muted. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, muted. not muted. Weird. No, you're not muted. It just didn't make any sense because we've all met your dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Us and the audience have met your dad, and you as your dad. Yes. <laughs> I think I was confused. For the players, what's your favorite move you've taken so far? Very good question. <laughs> I mean, mine's pretty easy. This will lead us into another question. <laughs> yeah, it'll lead it'll lead us into another question. So I'll go last. Then you go last. I think that the my favorite that I've taken is lay on hands because that was just a very cool story beat. The fact that we I became my father and then basically got a gift like that from him, and it's cool that Ian let me make it my own and make it kind of devilish after I've made a deal with the devil. <laughs> 
because being mundane is real boring. So that's obviously the most exciting. There's nothing boring about Sarah Payne. Aw, thanks. I think the mundane is one of the more fun books to, to play, actually. I think it is, though. Sometimes I have moments where I'm like, what do I do besides shoot? Because there's nothing else. Hey, do you remember that entire breakdown I had in and out of character yes. during this last arc? <laughs> what is, what's your favorite Ari move? You know, I, just use magic. <laughs> oh, I want to say Guardian because it gives me my sweet Ignis. Oh, sure, sure. I also really, we don't use it as much as I need to, fellow believer, where people can just tell you've seen weird things and tell you things. Yeah. I like that one. That one's cool. I, every, I mean, the Searcher playbook is just, it's, it's damn near perfect. It has everything I want in a character. I believe it's Michael Sands' favorite playbook, or I've at least heard it's that. the one that he's tagged with on Reddit. Ryan, what's your favorite move? Mine's easy. It's the bane of <laughs> Ian's existence, and it's something borrowed, which I use very generously. Yeah, no, I, uh, so I want to, yeah, I want to talk about another question, which is Ray Ray's something borrowed switches between multiple moves. But to me, the wording on the in the online PDF implies a permanent choice similar to the level up improvement of taking a move from another playbook. Is that an intentional adjustment or just a different interpretation of the move? So I thought about this. I did a little bit of research. It does seem like the Internet consensus, what I could find on Reddit and things is that people treat it like a level up, but I kind of disagree. I mean, I think you can take it however you interpret it, but I feel like it would be, if it was supposed to be like a level up, I feel like it would be worded like replace this move with a move from another playbook or something like that. So my thing with it, well, first off, I'll, I'll explain since I'm, we're talking about our favorite moves. My favorite move is something borrowed, which me and Ian both kind of came together and we agreed on what the meaning of that move was Mm -hmm. and agreed on the reason why i felt it necessary for me to have it because you know i am a monstrous but i'm playing you know a were creature you know i'm playing you know i change in between two forms and ray ray is very much human so the rationale in me wanting something borrowed was you know i'm a lot more than just an alligator crocodile monster i'm also a business owner was a business owner and you know a human a friend a person like you know a a social figure um and something borrowed would allow me to act that out a little more yeah it's it represents sort of the the fantasticness and the randomness of of the of the mystery of the mystery behind the monstrous playbook like i i you still have to establish everything in the fiction, you know, like I still make if you if you borrow a move, I have you explain, you know, why it is you have access to this ability or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think I think for us, it definitely works. If you want to make that ruling at home that it's just another level up option, that's fine, too. Um, I just really like the way we play it. And I don't think I think it's a little bit overpowered, but that's the that's the monstrous like the the monstrous is supposed to be a more powerful playbook because balance doesn't matter as much in this game. I've got Michael on the phone right now. Let's ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'll I'll also say like on, on that note, like me being able to take something borrowed, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me personally, why I would have to take a move from another playbook improvements. And then there's something borrowed, and I don't know why they wouldn't just have another take another move from another playbook. That's how I see it as well. And that goes into like how the mechanics of the game are balanced, which, you know, I don't know. We we don't have time to go into game. I have I have adopted it as a house rule in all of my other Monster of the Week games. It's just fun. I'm all about the rule of cool. It's more fun this way. If you can explain why you can do it, I allow it. Good question. And uh, Michael, if you would like to answer that, uh, just tweet at us. (laughs) (laughs) I I did very much like this question because it got me thinking of if Shrimp and Crits was was Buffy and we had an Angel-esque spinoff with Tallahassee Knights, Hmm. what kind of characters would you play? Yeah, this is this confused. So we're not putting ourselves as Buffy characters. We're putting ourselves as angel characters. No, no, no. Neither. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I just mean like the kind of the kind of character. It's not like 
exactly Buffy universe. No. It's no, just no, in the way that universe. Angel is a spinoff of Buffy. I would want to be the monstrous. <laughs> I al- I was going to say I also want to be the monstrous. If it's Tallahassee Nights, I want to be a vampire, please. Oh, yeah, Tallahassee's chock full of them. All right, wait, this game's sounding more and more fun as we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's our Patreon game. <laughs> well, this kind of this this kind of makes me change my my idea cuz so originally I was going to say I'd be more of a Xander character. Oh my god. <laughs> the the more the more I think about it, uh, if we're going on like Tallahassee Nights like angel side of things, like I'd want to be fucking like what's his name? Uh who's Well, you cannot uh, get out. It has nothing to do guy. with Buffy or Angel. Devil guy. Well, no, this I'm, I'm explaining <laughs> this to Ian uh how Lauren is devil oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just like the the gung ho like. I think he's the spooky. Yeah, I would. I would. Ryan think like Ryan would be a mundane Carl Wilbanks, the manager of the Sears. Yeah, you're telling me you're gonna pass up Actually, the opportunity yes, I to changed, play. I changed my answer. I would be Carl <laughs> Wilbanks, the manager of Sears. I'd be the gumshoe, and I'd be I'd just be Davin Gerber. Yep, that, that's Detective Gerber to you. <laughs> So I I would either be a spooky or a crooked. Oh, crooked would be good too. Yeah, for Lauren, like that kind of character, just like kind of like sometimes mastermind, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. You're like Mister Character Ideas. I know. I am. Mr. Yeah, and you character wanted to ask ideas. that question. You wanted I mean... to ask this question. <laughs> Listen. Listen. <laughs> You're Mr. Dark and Gritty, and you're Mr. Character Idea. This question is perfect for you. You should have a thousand answers for it. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason I have too many. I'm sorry. I should have thought. I was listening to your good answers. You have to be the keeper then, since <laughs> done. That's perfect. Sarah, do you or Sarah, Katie? Do you have a question you want to ask? My chair is so goddamn squeaky. It is. Today. How do you feel? It's it's because I'm rocking the baby too. Um, let me see. Tip the boat over. Rock the bait. Uh oh. <laughs> we both started singing that. <laughs> nice. For Ian and Cap, how much of the actual story do you plan in advance? That's for Cap and Ian, since Cap is going to do Tallahassee Nights, apparently. The baby wants to ask a goddamn question. <laughs> Um, I try not to plan. I, I I try not to plan anything in terms of the what's going to happen in the arcs. I plan the monster, the motivations. I do try to come up with characters and what they're doing, if not interfered with. But in terms of what happens in the games, obviously we play that to see what happens, just like the game is supposed to be played. There are some things that I come up with in advance, like story beats that are more larger story than. It's like more macro than than micro, but I also let what they do completely change that. Like you know, whatever they do supersedes whatever I have planned. Because we're playing a yes and game, right? <laughs> for the one shots specifically for Monster of the Week, I just go by the book, the mystery creation and the monster creation. That's what I did for the Easter special. I just did every step that it tells you to do in the Monster of the Week book. To make a mystery, and then everything else is up to what the players do and the decisions they make. I, I make the monster and a few of the NPCs, and that's it. That's what makes this game so great as a keeper, is it's very prep light. You can prep an entire session in an hour, really. I do like to have a monologue at the beginning. Sure. Flair for the dramatic. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, yeah. Set my child. The baby is very upset. She will not chill out. This is going to be a fun one to edit. Yeah. Yep. I have like five days to edit it. Oh, shit. You can leave uh, some babies in there. This is a, an evening with shrimp and crits. Is there any advice you would give folks who want to try to be a game master or a keeper or a dungeon master, Ian? Do it. My advice is do it. Go for it. Learn from your mistakes. Prepare as much as you can, but don't, don't sweat it. You're going to fuck it up and you're going to learn a lot from that. That's the beauty of it at the uh, advice of a like reddit post or some thread i saw about being a new dm i used to have a sticky note on my dungeon master screen that said don't forget to breathe because i would just get going so much and i would just not slow down and give myself a moment to think 
and it is totally okay anytime you're running a game to pause for a moment and think yes. about what you want to say or do and then do it. You will thank yourself in the end because it'll sound much better than just throwing something out that you didn't think about. I do that all the time. Like when you guys ask me one of the investigative mystery questions that I hadn't thought about in this particular context or whatever, I'll be like, let me just think about this for a second. Always best to pause. Breathe. Can Sarah just become an extra spooky demon-possessed bounty hunter? Someone asks. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. I'll have to eventually. Thank you. The current trajectory of her situation may, it may turn out that way. I have one left. One deal with the devil left. And if I use it, then I will become a very spooky bounty hunter. She'll shave the other side of her head. I almost said bounty hunty. <laughs> sounds like a bad star wars character (laughs) very lazy star wars character like savage oppress what darth maul's brother's name is savage oppress and i can't get over how bad that is i I named the character i named the character in the one game i dm'd after him dave filoni you're a genius but savage oppress was a bad idea maybe that was george (laughs) lucas i'm willing to give you the bit that feels like george lucas mr ray asked uh for everyone uh did you struggle at all to pick the playbooks you went with or character concepts uh i'll say right off the bat as soon as ian told me that we were gonna be on the gulf coast in florida i told him i want to be a i think you helped me come up with wear gator but i told you i want to be a man that runs a gator retreat Oh, just yeah, like yeah, a re- I, I, just, I think I instantly ju- was just like, okay, I want to run a reptile retreat. And then it's just natural to connect that to being a weregator. It's just a, it just needs to happen. Yeah. So I came up with the character Ray Ray pretty quickly. And then the way I wanted to play the monstrous was a pretty easy thought, too. Because once you come up with a character like that, it's, you kind of just have to go to the monstrous. I, Flirted with the spell slinger for a little while before I decided on the searcher. Uh, it was when I really made the choice to have Ari be a mostly nonviolent character. Uh, the searcher just lent more to that than the spell slinger, even though I took a move from the spell slinger playbook. Oh, I remember that because you were saying that the whole combat magic thing just didn't vibe with you. Yeah, and it, it was not the vision I had for Ari in the beginning. Katie, were you almost anything other than mundane, or have you always been normal? So did I struggle at all to pick that playbook? Yeah. No, I mean, it was pretty pretty apparent as soon as Ryan decided on the monstrous, and I knew that Cap wanted to be kind of a magic user in a sense, so there's got to be a regular person in there somewhere. <laughs> That's fair. So mundane felt, you know, different and needed. Um, this one's sort of for everybody. Uh, what one moment in the podcast so far would you change for better or worse? I know it. 100%. Our introductions. Mm. <laughs> Our introductions? <laughs> we all sound so scared in episode one. Uh, to talk. Oh, yeah. So charming, though. Well, that was before we got used to things. Yeah. I mean, I pr- we probably wouldn't have exploded the, was it the Skunk Apes laboratory? Oh, uh, yeah, I misunderstood the question, I think. Mine is in the skunk ape arc as well, but it's not necessarily the skunk ape. Uh, I just didn't want to kill that bear. And <laughs> mm. Leo's? I would not have yeah. attacked it had I known that would kill it. Mm. Like, attacked yeah. it that last time to keep it away from Leo's. I would have. I didn't know the game as well at that time either. Yeah, but I genuinely still think about man. I wish I just didn't kill that bear. Oh. <laughs> could have could so have done sad. something else if I had known that attacking it one more time would actually kill it. And I was just trying to get it away. I'm trying to think, I don't know what I would change. I really like the way everything has been laid out. Yeah, we did so good. We're just so good at this. <laughs> we are just so good. <laughs> Cap does like to take out all of his what he calls Seth Rogen. Laughs. That is something that actively gets changed every episode. Every single episode. (laughs) Sometimes, when I really think something is funny, I make a very deep laugh. This would be a good a good lead in to the question: Which arc would you redo, Ian, if given the chance? 
Ah. Uh, <laughs> ah. That one. Is it the skunk ape? Because we blew up the. No, I love lab. that you guys blew up the thing because it allowed me to <sighs> keep so many secrets from you. Spoilers. I think it would be, as much as I love the Tallahassee arc, I think that that's the one I would redo because it had so many moving parts that if I could go back and do it knowing what all of y'all's plans are, were going to be, then I feel like I could just run it more smoothly. But obviously that's not how time or games work. <laughs> so Maybe the one we want to redo hasn't happened yet. Oh, there's one that I actually want. There's one that I really want to do. It's is there an NPC you wanted to bring in, but realized they wouldn't be the right fit for the podcast? So the NPC I wanted to bring in, but realized it wouldn't be a good fit was uh, was Parnassus, which we did kind of sort of bring in in this latest arc. But he he didn't have quite the role that I wanted him to have. Uh, and that's partly because we sort of had a conversation to point out that it was slightly problematic, at least could be perceived that way. So. Yeah, I decided not to give him quite the spotlight that I was going to. But yeah, the whole the whole concept for the character was that he was going to be like a white SoundCloud rapper sort of appropriating culture that isn't his. And I sort of realized that's not my place to uh, shed light on that kind of thing. So uh, mine would be Carl Wilbanks. And it's oh, God. My, and it's not my fault. Ian just won't <laughs> give me Carl Wilbanks. I included Carl Wilbanks in this show. Thank you very much. Wasn't an NPC. Yet, maybe you didn't turn down the right hallway. (laughs) I spent as much time as you would allow me in that Sears. You failed all of your investigative mystery roles (laughs) in Sears. Also, I'd change that moment. I would have gone back to Sears in Tallahassee. (laughs) Just to to say, fuck you, Ian. I am going back to Sears. This is very similar to what we've answered already, but I don't know if we've talked about this. Um, It's how much of your character did you know going in? We've answered a million questions about, like, planning our characters in general, but I don't know if we've ever talked about the several games that we played before so that we could all get a feel for our characters. Oh, yeah. So Ian ran some... That wasn't a one-shot. It was just a small arc, right? Kind of, in a way. Yeah, it was... It was just it was like a series of of one shots that sort of ended up kind of blending into one another naturally. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to make sure that we were good at running this game before we started recording. I yeah. remember specifically we played one from the book about a minotaur in a cornfield. Mm-hmm. And that one was very um, that's what I'm looking for. It was kind of eye opening because playing Ari in that I immediately tried to talk to the minotaur and send it back to the wild and not fight it and i got my ass beat i remember getting (laughs) slammed around a small basement by this giant minotaur just trying to talk to it and it very much uh laid the path for what ari is now always willing to take a beating to talk to the monster instead of just shooting it deputy (laughs) didn't ray ray borrow the move banish yeah i I banished the minotaur And, and i think i brought i think i brought him back later in another thing i think i summoned him from no am i thinking our uh the famous summon ari's most famous summon from the game that you introduced sorcha the fairy mm-hmm. and we played through a bunch of classic video games which was also that great. was a yeah. that was very good you kept summoning mumbo jumbo is all i can remember uh, yep, yes yep that's all i remember we didn't record i summoned those, him into we? mario kart and it was wonderful we recorded yeah. them i think they got messed up somehow yeah almost have Almost every single one of them had somebody's audio missing or some big chunk. It, it does sound like a fun one to rework and play again sometime, though. Yeah, yeah I really sure. want to do that video game one. The video game one that actually I won't even we don't even have to necessarily talk about that one because I feel like Ian has said we're going to do that one again. That's yeah, a good live show. Um, but one big thing with Ray, the same one shot with the Minotaur. Uh, is originally Ray was going to have a gun. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, she had a shotgun. Yeah, originally yeah. Ray had a shotgun, and then I just realized it. Like I didn't even really use it in the in that arc because I was like, "This is stupid. I don't want to use a gun." It's hard for a wear gator to carry around a gun when he doesn't really wear clothes. Yeah, well, and I it, and I just thought about like one. I would like he wouldn't want to walk around with a gun, and I, that's just not kind of 
how I roll anyway. It's like, and I was like, you know what? That's why when we actually formed the story, I was like, I want Stella. I want a big knife. I want that to be my weapon of choice outside of, you know, myself. Because, uh, yeah, just the, the gun thing wasn't wasn't for me. Well said, well said, well said. Here's a nice, soft, a fun softball one. Who's your favorite NPC? And who's someone you wish you could see or hear more of? I think Peg is my favorite NPC. That's absolutely fair. But I do wish I could hear more of Leo. <laughs> we gotta go see Leo sometime soon. Yeah, Leo, I have I have actually thought of. I've He comes to mind anytime I'm like, okay, who could I bring back into this arc that we haven't revisited? <laughs> but it's like, I just can't. I, I need to find a way to reincorporate the because I'm like, I just picture Leo as just a dude who never leaves his property. So it's <laughs> like we have to go back to the dump to even use that character in my mind. That's going to be a real yeah. fucked up arc when Leo needs us again. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wouldn't mind seeing more Greg. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I just Greg can't is help. in every episode. <laughs> I can't help but it's giggle when, when Ian's Greg. It's not enough. <laughs> I really, I think NPC wise, I really do like Seed Tate only because mm-hmm. the first conversation I had in this game as Ari was with the helicopter pilot about Tate's hell. And he told me the story of Seed Tate, and then like 20 episodes later, you introduced Seed Tate, and it blew my whole mind all over the place. <laughs> it was it was, it was was big in the story for me and Ferrari, and I just, I like that you brought in this historical Tate's Hell figure and made them an FAE agent. Mine, mine's a toss-up, because it's hard to pick between Peg and Rooster as my favorite, but I feel like I have to pick Rooster, because... I kind of conned that into a way where Ian just naturally has a character that has to be with us at all times, <laughs> <laughs> which is True. why Ray Ray doesn't drive just because oh, I want, I want Ian to always have a player character pretty much with us. Oh, everyone loves a DMPC that he just has to interact with us always as, uh, and yeah, me and Rooster's conversations are just easy, but like I like I said, Peg is. I love Peg. I just love that there are scenes where, as a GM, I'm like, God, this has to move to something plot relevant. But then I'm also <laughs> Rooster in that scene, like talking about Buffy or playing video games or you know, whatever the fuck. So I get to play the Ray Ray distractionist role, and also the GM, like, all right, let's let's do this. We're making a show here. Um, and as far as people, I want to see more. Uh, Leo is pretty hardcore on my list, has always been. But uh, also Jack. I Which want one? more. I want more Jack. Jump over the beanstalk. Nope. Yeah. Jump over Just... the beanstalk. <laughs> <laughs> Jump over the, the candlestick. The Jack. Oh, that goes into another question that I wanted to talk about because it's sort of it's something I want to clear up. Somebody asked, were there any more? Where is it? Humans in the wild. Yeah, somebody asked, were there any more humans in the wild? And I don't know that I said this, uh, but I don't really have a problem saying it uh, in the Q&A. But Jack is not a human. He's a chronicle. He's like a similar thing to the uh, Rude Mechanicals in that he is just so storied and has so many stories told about him that he is just ever enduring. And so now he's more of a fae creature than a person. And now there's police. There goes Donnie. They're coming for me. The Chronicled is something we kind of came up together as a group of to like what what to call these characters that you hear about in different stories from different cultures throughout history. Right. And their place in the wild as just a ever enduring life. Yeah, because the because fey magic is all about words and runes, which are just fey words. So having stories told about you throughout time creates this almost like magical version of 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 you that that exists throughout time which is why i started so heavily laying in shakespeare because nobody had a control of words like the bard you know would you not your characters rather work for 
The Devil of Tate's Hell, The Heralds of the Sky Song, or the FAE? Oh, I didn't even see that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a cool question. I feel like they're all problematic groups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not associated with any of them. So. <laughs> well, this is you, personally. I also feel like the, there, this should be five factions. It should be, would you rather work for the Devil of Tate's Hell, the Heralds of the Sky Song, the FAE, the Sheriff's Department, or the LaRue <laughs> Wildlife Retreat? I feel like we would all work at the LaRue Wildlife Retreat. I feel like right. we all yeah. have a vibe of taking care of the animals and not I always, working for a devil. I wanted to be a marine biologist growing up, but I also wanted to be a fairy, so I was going to say the FAE. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Dinosaur doctor. Despite <laughs> despite the trauma related with the FAE, it would be very cool to be able to do magic with Chuck. Did you leave that in the episode, the dinosaur yeah. doctor? Yeah, thing? absolutely. Oh God, I don't even remember. I don't. Re- I gotta go back and listen. Yeah, oh it would be God. cool as hell to work for the FAE, honestly. Even though yeah. they're brainwashed by magical <laughs> yeah. terrorists. Yeah, I mean, I mean, F- FAE seems like the easy answer there because Heralds of the Sky Shonk, Heralds of the Sky <laughs> Song are just dipshits. It's a and the Devil of Taste Spoil- Hell is Spoiler. the fucking devil. So. <laughs> You're in a cult. Call your dad. I mean, I don't know. So far, there have been no drawbacks to being to working for the devil. Yeah, it's man. Been That's pretty chill part. for Sarah. It's pretty chill so far. I haven't been possessed once. <laughs> yeah, I just don't yeah. want that venom voice in my head. But the, do you want a bunch of whispers in your head all day? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really just I'm 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 good with Larue Wildlife Retreat. I'll 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 stay there. That's, That's my fair. faction. I'm the only one not associated with any of those things. So so for the full cast, Greg has personal ringtones for all the hunters and Sheriff Darney. What song is yours? I don't know. It's weird for it's weird for Ray Ray because I don't feel like Greg knows him very well. So I guess not knowing him very well, it's probably like Margaritaville. <laughs> sure. I Well, I think that the what the question seems to be getting at is like, what do you think you're personal yes. ringtone on somebody else's phone like you're yeah. assuming greg knows you well even though he doesn't what do you th- what what is what would ray ray's personal ringtone be yeah what describes your character best yeah um also margaritaville <laughs> yeah probably still Mar- margaritaville <laughs> no crocodile rock <laughs> definitely not that'd be very ironic actually i mean he, no, he no, has legit, no, no legit uh, it would probably be Crocodile Rock for Greg if I had to think about it, because Greg just knows me as the crocodile guy. The alligator guy. Oh, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> Not because he's a monster, because he has a retreat full of alligators. I forgot that. I would probably say Crocodile Rock. I love that. Sarah? Um, God, I really don't know. Come back to me. Feel like making da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would definitely be something classic rock. Mm-hmm. Just trying to decide what it would be. It's probably like Zeppelin <laughs> or or Devil Inside by NXS. If we're talking Brewster, though, uh, Ray's ringtone for Bre- in Brewster's phone is definitely Love Gun by Kiss. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because he knows how much Brewster loves Kiss. What about Donnie? Um, I feel like it would be something like Oh, wait, 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 what about, about, like, something about, like, a song about cops? Like, (laughs) fuck the police or something? I was thinking, like, Rock Lobster or something, I don't know. Oh, I was thinking something really, like, anti-cop. I was thinking it would be something with the word boss in the title of it, so, like... I'm, but I'm just Googling stuff, so I don't know. I was thinking Highway Patrol. It'd be funny if it was like the cops theme song. Yeah. It's Bad Boys. Bad Boys, yeah. Oh, it's Bad Boys. <laughs> That's, yeah. Ari's ringtone for Greg would be Greg's phone set on silent. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sarah's would definitely be something sexual. Yeah. Yeah, I think for Sarah, it's either Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones or ACDC's You Shook Me All Night Long. <laughs> <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> clearly acdc is very much more popular on the florida panhandle than anywhere yeah. else in the world <laughs> that makes sense well there's two questions that kind of go together that ask if there are any playbooks or moves that you didn't allow us to play and i don't think there were any you pretty much 
gave us free reign. Yeah, I I think I even encouraged you guys to go look at some of the third party ones, but you know, you none of y'all had played Monster of the Week before, so I think you guys wanted to stick to the the raw the rules as written. But I didn't I didn't I mean, obviously, I if I allowed something borrowed in the way that we're using it, then obviously I'm not worried about banning moves. You're pretty lenient. Yeah, we're pretty uh loosey goosey we get wild with our story <laughs> i like this question it says for the team how do you balance playing to discover versus telling the story and letting it unfold and not over planning i think that ian is very good at cutting out the parts where we're over because <laughs> we do we have some moments where we we kind of panic and and wonder are we narratively telling a good story or are we overthinking this are we doing too much or too little and when i say we i think mostly cap and i not really ryan ryan's all about just doing it there's definitely two people (laughs) here that take a lot of time to think about and ian does not influence our answers he always just sits back and watches us flail when i eat snacks yeah yeah he never he never leads us in any direction so it is always our decision he eats peanut butter crackers and just listens to us try to figure it out. Peanut butter pretzels, thank you. That's very what much. it is. <laughs> They're very loud. I will shout out that Ian eats more than anyone on this podcast. It's on the true. Podcast. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's probably true. Oh, I really like this question for everybody. What are some of your favorite like filler episode archetypes like the beach episode the lower deck episode you know for example if you spend a, a whole game playing as donnie peg and greg like a genre swap kind of thing i i really liked when we got to play the kind of 90s version of ourselves where we had danny and loretta and ari and i think we made reference to the tallahassee zombie outbreak of 93 and that is something i very much want to play as the zombie outbreak in tallahassee in 93 yeah, I mean, I think that would be my answer is like I like flashback type stuff when it's done well. And you can tell that because I've already tried to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just find a few more mirrors. Maybe we can have some more standalone episodes. I really like a bottle episode on TV shows like a one room, very actor driven episode, those kind of things. I enjoy that a lot. There, I, I've racked my brain. I'm probably I'm never gonna do this because I've racked my brain for a way to convert it to a podcast format, and I just can't figure out how to do it in a way that I'm satisfied with. But there's an episode of Buffy where Giles, who, if you're not familiar, is like he's her watcher. He's sort of like the mentor to Beth, uh, to Buffy. And uh, there's an episode where he gets transformed into a demon, and he spends the whole time like trying to get away from them when they're they're trying to kill him. And he's trying to, like, explain to them that he it's just him. It's fucking God, hysterical. It's, it's so hilarious. He's not even, he's not trying to hurt them. He's just... Right. But anytime, when he's thinking, when he, he thinks he's saying, like, no, Buffy, it's me. He's just, like, it goes to Buffy's perspective, and he's like, <laughs> it's really fucking good. I like that a lot. That's very funny. I think a good standalone episode would be, Ray Ray going back to Sears and trying to fall in love with not trying to fall falling in love with a vampire <laughs> a dating sim episode uh, yeah I want I want a dating episode for Ray Ray an episode yeah. of all of us trying to navigate a date would be very oh, God. good <laughs> all oh, of yeah. us on different dates that's a Valentine's Day special baby oh yes hold up <laughs> oh, that's a great that idea that is a great oh, idea write that down yeah like I'm I really liked being able to play Loretta. Like, I love shit like that, like callbacks. Um, and I don't know if we're talking about specifically like this show or not, but I mean, I love holiday specials. Mm, yeah. Sure. Like just a good, like out of the loop holiday specials. Always just so funny. Uh, soft cannon. Yeah. 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 I hope we do more of these holiday specials. I'm sure you haven't planned a single thing. <laughs> no. And I just, I just like, one shots that have a beginning a middle and an end something about my ocd i like oh, being i'm very able much to with just, you i like being able to like start it and finish it in four hours in an hour yeah oh. that's, that's my yeah. thing is all my like i don't even know what you would call these i guess just one shots i don't know if we're talking about like episodes as far as like 
this kind of podcast or TV shows or anything, but like, yes, all of my favorite, like, for example, like all my favorite Adventure Zone episodes are all the live episodes that are not their characters. It's like the random games where they're playing random people. And most of the time it is a holiday special and that it's just hilarious. Like, so yeah, I guess I'll say holiday specials. Yeah, That's a great answer. Dope. Serendipity's question, what are the hunters and NPCs favorite ice cream flavors? My answer to that is shh, make them join the discord. So they have to participate in our discussions about these things. <laughs> it's a great answer. We do answer. have a lot of discussions about yeah, these things. I don't answer these on air. Such as <laughs> they've, I, which soda would your character enjoy the most? Which ice cream flavor? Which Pokemon would they have? I mostly respond to Pokemon and ice cream answers. So <laughs> if you would like to know that, you'll, and soda. you'll find that. Also, Mountain Dew is gross. I do like the what is a fun what is a fun fact about the hunters that will likely never be brought up, like a hidden talent, a hobby. Something from your childhood. Hmm. What's her hidden talent? <laughs> I, I mean, I I can juggle. I can juggle pretty well. I think Ari can probably juggle pretty well. He's lanky. Good hand-eye coordination. Yeah, I think Sarah probably like. I think she probably loves going to karaoke bars. Oh, we're gonna use that. Hold mm-hmm. on. What's Sarah's go-to karaoke song? <sighs> well, I know mine personally, but I don't want to say. <laughs> Hers is is. Jolene by Dolly Parton. There you go. <laughs> Bold choice. Coincidentally, also Ray Ray's go-to karaoke song. <laughs> Ray Ray, what's your hidden talents? Uh, Ray is really mean at the harmonica, <laughs> uh, and he also doesn't drink beer. What bit didn't make the cut for an episode that you wish could have stayed in? Oh, all there's some very Cap's, sexual. All of Cap's Seth Rogen laughs. Well, but that's not a bit. There's some sexual shit that that we've taken out. We do a lot of yes-anding each other to the point where it is such a ridiculous situation that we have to pull ourselves back and realize what we're doing. Trim it down a little bit. That happens quite often. We are all well-known for getting on tangents about things. Yeah, I think there's something to be said. I think when most people are looking for a play podcast to listen to, they are looking for a good balance of staying on topic and going on tangents so like if there's any time where there even if there's good jokes back to back sometimes i'll cut one of them just to keep the show rolling you don't want to be taken out of the narrative for too long i I will say that we have a whole logic doc full of bits like that that i've cut that i've wanted (laughs) to keep a record of uh, and we'll one day do like a bloopers episode uh maybe for (laughs) bonus content so Keep your eyes and ears open for that, because my answers are all contained. I'm so afraid. <laughs> Let's finish this out with, do you have any advice for newbie podcasters, Monster of the Week specific or otherwise? Ask one of the big shows and then let us know what they tell you. Yeah, the, my my answer is that we still definitely feel like newbie podcasters. We're We're very gracious and grateful for the people that listen to us. Um, we feel very lucky to have the audience that we do have but uh but yeah we don't feel like experts it's very flattering to get questions about advice so i feel like we should try at least mm-hmm. <laughs> uh well i i will say just fucking do it yeah like just, just fucking yeah. do it like i've you know i've been pestering ian for so long to uh to start our podcast you know and just start doing something like this and it finally just yeah. took like finally just took like Hey, you know, I like, let's just do it. And once we started doing it, we were like, this is incredible. This is great. We all play so many tabletop games that we might as well record them. (laughs) Yeah, because we want to, you know, we get so wrapped up in the story and we love the story. Maybe other people will love the story, too. It is so fun and so rewarding in a way that I don't know that I was expecting. I knew that I was going to like like it, but I didn't know that this would become like the my favorite thing in my life so i'm i feel very lucky to, to have you guys the 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 three of you to do this with it's because it really is incredible it's one of the greatest accomplishments i have oh i'm gonna tell olivia <laughs> that you love us <laughs> yeah. more than her you that, olivia? i didn't <laughs> you. Did not say that <laughs> i won <laughs> 
<laughs> a very important thing is to have fun. Yes. When we record episodes, we laugh the entire time, and we have so much fun playing these games together. And if you're not having fun when you're making your podcast, change the formula or something to one where you can have fun because mm-hmm. it is such a good time when you enjoy the people you work with. Yeah, yes. I wanted to stress that as well. Is like don't don't take yourself too seriously. We're you know somewhat a comedy drama medium but we're playing a game and when you get together with your friends and play games you're laughing and having fun and making jokes and that needs to be that's what people come to hear because a lot of people that listen to these podcasts are you know they also play tabletop games and they you know sometimes they want to play more than they can and so they want to hear other people doing them it makes you happy or maybe some of them were like me before i play tabletop games and i my whole life i went like a long time wanting to learn to play D, but not having a group of people who are willing to do that play podcasts are great for people like that who maybe just don't have a solid group of friends who are into D. do a podcast <laughs> review podcast and review our podcast <laughs> oh shit <laughs> that's inception well i think that's all the questions we're gonna get to today um we want to thank you guys for listening to us for checking out this q a and it's been an incredible first year of doing this show yeah can't thank everybody enough for listening to us you guys are amazing amazing love you dudes love Love, 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 love. I mean, I'm excited for another year of Shrimp and Crits. I'm sure it's only going to get weirder. Don't forget to enter in to win our signed poster and to go check out the image that's on it. It's fucking beautiful. It really is. You guys are going to go crazy over it. She agrees. The baby agrees. The rules for the giveaway will be posted on our Twitter, our Instagram, and on our channel in the Cash Junkie Discord server. Yes, 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 yes. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. What? Thanks, everyone, for listening to our horrible voices. No, nobody listened to this one, don't worry. Ian has a great voice, but the rest of us are doomed. (laughs) Imagine how Ryan and my baby sounds. Uh, if you're a true fan and didn't skip this one, Goodfellow's not real, and it is aliens, and Donnie <laughs> Terrence is actually the big bad, and is also an alien. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Wow! And that's the end.